Welcome to this edition of Dad Pods. I'm Shane, and I'm Michael. And uh, Dad Pods is the dad is the uh, you know Dad Pod for dads and for everybody else too. Uh, this is episode thirteen, lucky thirteen. Yes, and today we have a very special topic, as we do every week, actually. They're all special topics. There are no bad topics. Um, and uh, so Michael and I sort of came to adulthood about the same time. I'm a, maybe a couple of years older than Mike, but we were both born in the 70s, kind of became adulthood in the 90s. And uh, so we love the action movie, as most dads do. Um, so we, we found an era of action movies that we sort of picked. We picked a 12-year period uh, that we think sort of encapsulates the best in our lifetime of action films. Right. And as we looked at this, well, and I'm going to give a lot of the credit to Shane here. I'm going to give all the credit to Shane. You found <laughs> Thank you very much. quite a golden period. I just never realized how many just great movies. They all came out around the same time. In one year, you'd see multiple movies that like, oh, these are all just fun to watch. They all have that certain Super flavor. Super rewatchable. Yeah, yeah this, this rewatchable action flavor that's uh, easy, easy to get through. You can put it on. Mm-hmm. You can watch it. It can be in the background. Or you can pay attention, yeah. whatever you feel like. So our era is uh, 1996 is our first year. And we go all the way through uh, 2007. So uh, why, did we, why did we pick this sort of era? I mean, it was arbitrary. But, um, you know, it starts with the holy trinity of the Nick Cage action films uh, that all came out within like a year of, of each other. It was The Rock, uh, Face Off, and Con Air. And then Nick Cage, after that, sort of got weird and stopped doing like movies that were people that were people watched them. Well, he certainly made a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But nobody watches them anymore. They're all like direct to D. They, they were first direct to video, then direct to DVD. Now they're probably direct to streaming services. I don't know. Yeah. I sent Shane a clip from a TV show that I love called Community. At the time that this episode came out, which was now what, six or seven years ago, Nick Cage had made 70 movies. <laughs> 70 is a lot of movies. 70 is a lot of movies. Considering that he still has a lot of time to do weird things like uh, buy black market dinosaur bones and, you know, guys, this is, this is a little segment we like to call Google it for yourself. But Google, like, just random Nick Cage images and you will not be disappointed. Google uh, Nick Cage cowboy hat. You will see him coming out of an airplane wearing a cowboy hat while carrying another cowboy hat in his hand. So he took a plane where he doesn't have any bags or anything like that, but he knew that he was going to need two cowboy hats for whatever trip that was. I find Nick Cage so fascinating. I think we could actually do a spin-off podcast where we do nothing just about Nick Cage. Nick Cage for a hundred episodes. Yes. And not run out of stuff to talk about. This episode might be very, very Nick Cage heavy. And uh, you know, if you're not into Nick Cage, probably you shouldn't listen to this, but there's like 80 of you anyway, so I don't really care. Yeah, that's totally. <laughs> and so it starts with that. Uh, it starts with, uh, it also starts with um, maybe our greatest movie star, certainly of our era, Tom Cruise. It starts, his uh, Mission Impossible franchise starts in 1996. Um, we get the early parts of uh, a lot of comic book movies that we sort of uh, learned to love. It sort of, sort of shifted away from the Tim Burton uh, Batman movies into uh, some early MCU stuff, not 
official MCU stuff, but uh, the, the original Spider-Man movies, certainly the Nolan Batman movies um, start there. Um, we sort of have the last, I think the last good Schwarzenegger movie comes in this in era, like last good sort of action movie that Schwarzenegger sort of featured in. Uh, it begins, begins the Fast and the Furious franchise, which I will readily admit I have yet to see a single one. I've seen lots of clips. Um, and so if you guys are upset with me, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I've seen them. I can talk about some of them. I haven't sure. seen all of them. Sure, sure. Anyway, but uh, do we want to just get into it? Yeah, I'll, I'll give my last thought on Tom Cruise. Sure. You mentioned Mission Impossible. What's important about this Tom Cruise era and also showing how this, what encapsulates this era. This is after the Tom Cruise Top Gun cocktail days of thunder tom cruise for a long time just sort of made the same movie over and over again it's like right cocky in insert whatever he was doing cocky bartender cocky fighter pilot you know cocky uh lawyer there was lots right. of those so the the first year as we get into it will be really important as we talk about this this error for mm -hmm. movies yeah and uh another thing to think about with these movies these this era of movies too it was like the next and I, when i say generation i don't mean like 10 years i mean like three or four years after the first big uh, CGI movies that were really, really big on CGI. So like Jurassic Park and, and, and everything that kind of came after that. Um, a lot of these movies that we're going to see in this era use CGI to like tremendous effects. It looked seamless. Most yeah. of these movies. Some of them really have really bad CGI moments. Um, but yeah. Right. So I just encourage you, as we talk about these movies, if you haven't seen them, watch them. give them a watch. Yeah, give them a watch. They're probably all at least on one of the streaming services, and at worst, they're like a two ninety nine rental somewhere. Um, knock yourself out. You'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, we don't. None of these. And and the way we're gonna rate things is we're gonna have a best movie of the year, uh, an underrated movie of the year, and then a terribly good movie of the year. Uh, there are no bad movies. If if they're a bad movie, we don't mention it. Yeah. So, anyway, we're starting right now. Drum roll, please. We're starting with 1996. So uh, I thought the best action movies of this year were uh, The Rock, a Nick Cage classic, uh, Independence Day. Everybody has heard the uh, uh, on the 4th of July, you're, I think, contractually obligated to listen to the Bill Paxton speech at the end of that movie, uh, where he plays the president of the United States, and he talks about uh, uh, their independence from the alien invasion. Spoiler alert. Uh, the aforementioned Mission Impossible, the first one, uh, John Woo's Broken Arrow, uh, the last Schwarzenegger movie that I think is any good is called Eraser. Uh, Twister is a, a classic sort of uh, disaster movie that were really popular at the time. And then The Long Kid Kiss Goodnight. That's uh, Gina Davis and Samuel, uh, Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Correct. So my best of that group is gonna be Mission Impossible. Um, the first Mission Impossible, is a little complicated. It's a little convoluted. There's lots of stuff going on in it. Uh, there's lots of, and this became like a staple of Mission Impossible movies, but lots of people ripping their face off to reveal another face. Um, it was kind of, it's, it's kind of become like their gimmick that they do in every Mission Impossible movie. Um, but really good action, really good scene with, uh, uh, there's a helicopter chase in the channel between uh, England and France along the train thing. There's a helicopter thing in there. Uh, there's lots of really good um, Tom Cruise running. It's great in this movie. 
Uh, there's lot like there's like double there's so many double crosses they're like quadruple cross crosses throughout the film um good john voigt performance um just really good film my underrated for the year is going to be the rock uh might have been sean is this sean connery's sort of beginning of his swan song i think so, so yeah play, so he plays the prisoner that's that that years and years and years ago escaped from alcatraz and they have to go back to Alcatraz because, spoiler alert, there's a bunch of terrorists that are actually U.S. military personnel that have stolen a sarin gas from the um, the military. And I can't exactly remember what they want. It doesn't matter. Uh, but there's lots of action scenes. There's a great car chase in San Francisco. Great movie. Uh, and then Terribly Good, I'm going to go Twister. The main reason that it's terribly good is... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is so funny in this movie. Mm. Um, and Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman plays the lead. Nobody's sure. I think it's Paxton. I think it's Paxton in this one. I think it's Paxton. It doesn't matter. Uh, and Helen Hunt is the uh, lead female and they're storm chasers. Right. And there's lots of like cows and houses being lifted and cars and all kinds of stuff. Yes. Now, now Shane, have you seen the thing on the internet where the, the reason that Twister gets the rating that it does? This has been a trending thing. I have not. It's uh, rated, I believe, R for intense weather action. <laughs> <laughs> it does have intense weather action. It's literally like. in the title. So. Uh-huh. It seems like something that wouldn't be necessarily like, that would lead you to R rated. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Intense weather action. Like right. documentaries then would have intense weather action. Or the weather channel could be. <laughs> okay. So what are your ratings for 1996, Mike? So I have a lot of the same movies. I said the best movie was actually The Rock. Uh, uh-huh. I think this is probably the best, easily the best Michael Bay movie before his Michael Bayness took over. Where uh, isn't isn't Independence Day also Michael Bay, or is that he was no. produced it maybe? Yeah, he's somehow related. That that's yeah. uh, Roland Emmerich. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah oh, that's maybe, right. Maybe it's Michael Bay. Michael Bay might be related, but either way, The Rock is is it's a good movie. Sure. Nick Cage starts his, this is where he goes from like a serious actor to like, hey, maybe we could put him in this action movie. And he plays kind of a nerdy guy. So he's going against type. Stanley now, Goodspeed. Yes, Goodspeed. Uh, it <laughs> works pretty <laughs> well here. Connery, by the way. Oh yeah, I've, I've watched this movie well, so many welcome, times. Welcome, welcome to the rock. Welcome to the rock. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is great. You could watch it with the kids actually. It's a, actually, I don't know, depends on how okay you are with your kids seeing people die. There's a lot of, but it's, it's really uh just action. It's cartoony violence. It's cartoony. Yeah. You you could say, I think Ed Harris gets, I think Ed Harris gets hit by a, by a missile and it launches him or something, something crazy. Yeah. Some of the bad guys get that. Uh, there's, there's some rather gruesome stuff, but, uh, overall though, it's very much cartoonish. and And, and I will say all three of these movies that I mentioned, and I think all the movies that you mentioned, they're all four star movies out of four. Totally. Yeah. You, you want to see these. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention uh, my terribly good, I listed Independence Day. Again, mm-hmm. something that everyone will talk about. It, it is kind of a bad movie. It was written in about two weeks and it shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, and there's only about four minutes of dialogue in the film. Oh, yeah. For the, for the and, better minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's mostly that, that uh, it's basically, there's, there's, there's three kinds of dialogue in this film. And it's Bill Paxton's speech, which is 90% of it. There's, there's Will Smith yelling stuff like, oh yeah, all yeah. movie. And then there's like Jeff Goldblum doing Jeff Goldblum and things like, yeah. oh wow, ooh, computers. Right, tremendous, 
absolutely yeah. tremendous. So, so it's, yeah. it's definitely a bad movie, but good. And then my mm -hmm. underrated movie is The Long Kiss Goodnight. I'm actually not going to say a lot about this other than it's, it's a total sleeper hit. If you don't know much about it, it's fun going in not knowing a thing. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, though, it is an action movie. So you yes. start... There's lots. Of, it's very. It's a very stylized action movie too. Yeah, it is, and it's it's a nice slow burn. Like not mm -hmm. going in knowing anything is the most fun. Yeah, agreed. Okay, 1997. 1997. You're up first. All right. So we start <laughs> remarkably within the same year. Nick Cage, after going off this weird stunt casting in The Rock, goes on to make two other action movies where he's no longer... so different. So different. <laughs> Very different. He's no longer going against type. Now he somehow believes he's an action star. And, and you know what? He was. Yeah. And this is what begins it. So, uh, well, mm -hmm. I guess it began in The Rock, and now he's like, no, I, I'm actually an action star. Yeah. Face Off, the mm -hmm. John Woo classic, where everything you need to know about the movie is in the title. Yes. And John Woo is a very, very important figure, just, to, just as an aside, in our entire uh, era here. Yeah. Uh, so if you like, if you like slow motion, like jumps and flips and like, uh, overt imagery, like doves flying in front of like action scenes, so many doves. you will love, you will love John Woo. If you were a dove trainer in Hollywood around this time, you were suddenly making bank when you were never making bank before. Incredible amounts of money. Like we can make jokes about all of the uh, CGI companies that came and went like just like they would create for one movie and then they would go bankrupt after that movie completely. Uh, I think that the Dove training uh, companies must have had the same thing problem just oh, with John Woo film. Someday I'll do a deep dive into that and we will report on it on the, the podcast. <laughs> so Face Off. As ridiculous face as Face Off is, the next movie on this list is even more ridiculous. It's Con Air. Yes. Nick Cage becomes ripped and becomes a, a prisoner uh, where this is basically a prison airplane. Yes. They're transporting prisoners from someplace to someplace else. And of course, doesn't the matter where the, the, the prisoners overcome the guards and yes, hijinks. Yes, and exactly. Uh, incredible performances by John Malkovic, uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, the aforementioned Nick Cage, who plays a, for some reason, Southern uh, prisoner who's falsely convicted of something. No, he, he's rightfully... Oh, right, right, right. Convicted. He was in a bar fight or something like that, defending yes. his woman's honor. Yeah. So even better than being falsely convicted. He was, and he was labeled that uh, since he accidentally killed someone, because he's, he's defending her honor. Like he actually, it is self-defense, but... Because he's, a, because he's so ripped, they determine that he himself is like a living weapon or something right. awesomely ridiculous. It's awesomely ridiculous. He's wearing, everybody else is in prison garb. He's in a wife beater the entire movie for some reason. Has incredibly uh, long hair, even though he's balding. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing mullet. Um, uh, Co-starring uh, the guy from uh, uh, Bubba from, from Forrest Gump plays his friend who, spoiler alert, also dies in this film. Yeah. Or close to die. I can't remember if he dies all the way. He's like dying the whole film. Let's go ahead. Watch this movie. You... Watch this movie. It, it's, it's completely insane. Uh, John Malkovich and Steve Buscemi play serial killers. Uh, Steve Buscemi gets away at the end, and that's never explained. There's never a sequel. It's crazy. Yeah. John Cusack plays a, either an FBI agent. John Cusack actually basically plays the Nick Cage role from the rock yes. just in the next in con air 
Right. It's basically nerdy cop. Yeah. Totally. Um, great, great. Lots, lots of like explosions and Nick Cage running out of explosions. It's, it, it cannot be recommended more. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, this is a movie that you'll know you'll like from the trailer. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd go watch that. Next movie on the list is Air Force One which uh, has Harrison Ford playing the president uh-huh. whose uh, airplane, the titular uh, Air Force One, Air Force gets, One. Gets, uh, it gets hijacked. Mm-hmm. And the president becomes an action star fighting against the, <laughs> the terrorists. Get off of my plane. We just spoiled the ending. Anyhow, I know. I don't think any of these movies could actually be spoiled if you knew the plot. No, you can't, you can't spoil this ending. It is, um, and I'm just looking at our list right now. I mean, this, is the, this was a year for Gary Oldman right here. Oh, yeah. Of playing, playing absolutely insane villains. Right. Like none of his lines ever spoken in any of these films that he, we're going to talk about for Gary Oldman were, 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 were said at a decibel that normal people speak at. Every sentence is just screamed into the camera. And it's, it's glorious. It's tremendous. It's, it's just mm-hmm. a tour de force. Mm-hmm. You will love it. The next movie up is Men in Black. People still know about this movie because they're still making those movies. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. They made one with uh, Thor. Yeah, Thor mm-hmm. in black. Um, yeah. that, <laughs> so, you know, it has Will Smith. It's a solid alien Will Smith movie. I think solid aliens. Will Smith totally Smith. fine for the kids, actually. Yeah. Weird, weird alien action. Tommy Lee Lots Jones. Lots of really great CGI. It's a really yeah. pretty movie. It's a pretty movie. Has a nice little story. Underrated uh, Rip Torn performance. Yes. <laughs> Ah, that, if I ever had a list of the underrated Rip Torn performances, that's... And it's yeah. an understated Rip Torn performance. Most, uh, most Rip Torn performances rival the uh, Gary Oldman performances we've been talking about. Right. Because um, they're usually kind of crazy. Like, like I'm going to go back to Beastmaster. Did you ever see Beastmaster with Rip Torn? Of course I saw Beastmaster. <laughs> we need to have an entire pat- podcast about Beastmaster with uh, Mark Singer, Rip Torn, and Tanya Roberts. Right. I mean, that's... People used to joke that's what HBO stands for. Uh, hey, Beastmaster's on. So. <laughs> that's also way up there. Uh, uh-huh. It's not in this time frame, so we can't, we can't do a deep dive. No, we dive can't talk it. about it right now. Beastmaster. We're not going to talk about Beastmaster right now, <laughs> even though it's got some of the best sword fighting slash softcore uh, nudity that you'll ever see in an 80s movie. You know, I think I only saw the cut off of TV, so I didn't know that that was in there. That's that's really a shame. <laughs> yeah. And uh, animal training, the animal training with with uh, psychokinetic powers. Yeah, that's all you need to know about this movie. And and a ferret. A f- spoiler alert: a ferret kills Rip Torn at the end of this movie. It's <laughs> it's great. Beastmaster. <laughs> Beastmaster. Uh, next on this list is the Fifth Element, which. I, I will say is a pretty darn good movie. It's an amazing sci-fi film. film, Yeah. Sci-fi film. It has a Bruce Willis in the lead. Gary Oldman appears. Is yet again. Crazy as a nutty as a fruitcake in this film. Yeah. He's being controlled by some force. Uh, You need your fifth element. And Mila, I cannot say her last name, so I'm not even going to try. Starts with a J and there's a Joe, there's lots of bitches in there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Chris Tucker, right? Doesn't he play like the cab driver or something? Chris Tucker is the host of the game show that they need oh, okay. to. Okay, that's yeah. right. The, the, the plot involves uh, you know, Bruce Willis. Eventually, they have to go to this place and they have to win this game. They rig it so that he wins the game show. And really great role for Chris Tucker. He's way over the top, as you mm-hmm. might imagine. Very it's funny. Chris Tucker. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, and, and 
it's basically John McClane in the future. I mean, yeah, you know, Bruce Willis for all of his greatness doesn't really have a lot of range. Yeah, but that's okay. No, it's it's fine. He's got John McClane, and then he's got basically the quiet ghost in the fifth element. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Not the fifth element, the uh, sixth sense. <laughs> this is the fifth element, <laughs> not the sixth sense. This is the fifth element. The sixth sense comes in later. Yeah. The, the seventh C will come in. Uh, the, the last movie on our list here is, is Starship Troopers, directed by the great uh, Paul, Paul Ver- Verhoeven. Verhoeven. Of, of Basic Instinct and Showgirls fame. Yep. Uh, and also Robocop. So. Oh, there you go. He I wrote think- for Robocop. He didn't direct it. Oh, he didn't? Okay. I think the, yeah. the thing that people don't quite get with him is like a lot of his stuff is satire. So yes, this, this entire film has to be seen. You can't understand Starship Troopers without understanding that it's a comedy. Yeah. It's you're supposed to laugh at things. You're supposed to laugh at all the Nazi imagery. You're supposed to laugh at the fact that they have, for some reason in the middle of the film, a co-ed shower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to laugh at the fact that the acting is intentionally terrible right and then all of a sudden at the end doogie hauser comes in and saves the day yeah doogie hauser she's afraid <laughs> yes yep it's great yep. um it also Wonderful. is a i think that's his starts off the doogie hauser second half career like this is yes first like, he was all of a sudden he was like oh wow he's he's like he's an adult he's he's like six foot two and handsome and yeah he could, he could be in things yeah so what's uh what's your best yeah. for so the my, year? My best, I'm gonna call Men in Black. It's just a yeah, that was my best too. It holds up today. Uh, you could watch it as there's very little. It's aged reasonably well. And uh, you know, Will Smith. It's another solid, yet another solid Will Smith action movie. Yep, this was like in his prime too, like right in his wheelhouse too. Perfect right. for him. Uh, my underrated movie from this time period was uh, Air Force One. I'm pretty sure people aren't going to think about it. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Air Force One, it's very watchable. Yeah. Great, some great Gary Oldman. Some kind of bad special effects, but that's all right. It's okay. It's, 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 it was, the budget wasn't there for like the CGI stuff. It's mostly practical effects in this right. film. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, it's got a, a really underrated sort of Harrison Ford performance. Yep. Um, I think he plays mad father slash president pretty well <laughs> yes <laughs> it's pretty good uh terribly good is it has to be face off i'm going to take his face off off so the so one thing you know as we're you know in our quarantine in face off there's lots of face touching not just your own face but like touching other people's face it's very very uncomfortable if you want to watch it now watch it with a little bit of liquor yeah. If you're going to drink, if you're going to, if you're going to watch it. Um, so my, uh, like I said, my best was uh, men in black. My underrated is con air. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great, just a great movie. You can pick one thing that's great about con air is you can pick it up at any point during the movie. Even if you've never seen it, you can watch the last 45 minutes and you'll enjoy it. Yeah. You'll yeah, pick it up right away. Not, not heavy on plot. <laughs> what have no, I missed? There, there isn't one. You haven't missed it. And anything. you know, spoiler alert when they, when they, you know, land the plane on the sun, on the Vegas strip, it's great. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. And then my terribly good is Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. There's just lots of shooting of bugs. Um, the guy from uh, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the uh, the the guy that plays Jester, mm-hmm. not Jester, is it Jester? Yeah, it's Jester from Top. Yes, Gun. Jester from Top from uh, Top Gun, is uh, 
is like the, the, the sergeant that trains all the soldiers that end up going and fighting the bugs uh, from, their, from their base in Argentina for some reason. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a weird, trippy sort of film. I remember seeing this thing in graduate, graduate school and we, thankfully I got it. I understood that it was a comedy and I don't know that I've laughed at a more movie than I ever have at that movie. <laughs> Pretty some awesome of it's a lot of unintentional comedy. Some of it's very intentional comedy. So yeah, it's it knows what it's my, That's my terribly good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1998. Then, so the films that we've got, um, Ronin. This is a great sort of uh, uh, post-career spy film by uh, with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason, so there's not a lot of action in this movie. I will tell you, it's a really good film but it might have the best car chase of any film ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm including all of the Bourne movies, which have a, approximately six car chases per movie. The Mission Impossible movies, which have some sort of vehicle car, car chase, automobile chase, like there's like seven of them per movie. This is, this is up there. Uh, we've got our first comic book entry into, oh. this, uh, um, into our movie so, so far, Blade. This is uh, Wesley Snipes. Um, as uh, as Blade, the vampire, the half vampire, vampire hunter. Yep. Uh, an amazing, amazing performance by him. One of my favorite quotes from any movie. These these mfers keep wanting to ice skate uphill. Uh, I read. I've. I, I did some research on this. That is not in the script. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think that so. was apparently something that just Wesley Snipe used to say and the writers heard it and they were flabbergasted by it because if you've ever done ice skating, Mike, it's flat. Mm. Ice skating is done on flat surfaces. You don't ice skate on hills. In fact, water typically does not freeze going downhill that much. Mm. So you can't really freeze like skate on it. Right. If it's gradual enough, it's going to be snowish and you ski on it. You don't ski on hills or skate on hills. You ski on hills. Right. So it doesn't, it's an amazing quote that totally explains everything about this film. Right, right. But it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, you need the right circumstances. And clearly, Wesley Snipes was really big into ice skating. Yes, apparently. <laughs> So that's that's one. Uh, Rush Hour, uh, the aforementioned Chris Tucker. Uh, and uh, this might have been one of the first sort of Jackie Chan American films. Yeah, I think, uh, where it, he, I think it was. Yeah. Where he sort of, it, it, there was probably some others, but like this was like the like his, his full entry into I'm a box office star in America kind of thing. Yeah. He had already been like the biggest star in, in, in Asia, but he was, this was, this was a good entry for him. Really good, funny action comedy, sort of, sort of formulaic, sort of buddy cop, like opposites attract kind of thing. But uh, really good film. Yeah. Uh, the replace, replacement killers. Speaking of coming over from Asia, this is uh, there was this late '90s obsession with Chow Yun Fat. Yep. Who was an amazing actor in uh, I think it was Hong Kong cinema, right? He might have yeah. been in John Woo movies actually. Yeah, he was. Um, he was. But he he was an Asian like action star, but he wasn't uh, like a a big on like kung fu and karate and, right. and martial arts. He was just I'm gonna shoot you in the head kind of guy. Right. He was like a Schwarzenegger kind of um, 
kind of creation in, in Asia. And uh, this was one of his first films that came over um, and translated really well into for an American audience. Yeah, and I will say with the the John Woo movies and Chow Yun Fat, like there's a sort of gun kung fu that they do, like the choreography. Yeah, the kung fu. The kung fu. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, really great, and I, I think that's what makes them entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of like in any of these movies. If you see a like a character hold the gun upright with two hands, it's very very rare. Most of the time, they're going to be like sideways. Right. They're going to be jumping. There's going to be like a pirouette and they've got to shoot like John Woo was big on that. Like yeah. John Woo never just like, you know, you don't aim, take a knee and fire. You don't do that. That's not John Woo. Right. Um, Hard Rain. This is a, uh, it's a heist movie, right? I don't remember midst. it very well. I think it's a heist movie in the middle of a, like a, like a flood. There's like a flood happening. And I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about this movie. I just remember I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman in this, in this film. Oh, wow. I really don't remember this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hard Raid. Uh, Armageddon. This is uh-huh. the uh, Michael, Blake, Michael Bay classic uh, with Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, uh, Aerosmith, a bunch of other people. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. <laughs> you forgot you the lead. I, I did forget the lead. I always think of, of, of Ben Affleck as the lead in this. Maybe I'm thinking of Pearl Harbor. It's definitely, oh, yeah. That's, this is yeah. definitely a Bruce Willis leading, uh, you know, Affleck is along for the ride. It's kind of the same movie as Pearl Harbor. Eh, in some sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so we've got Enemy of the State. Uh, is this the, the Will Smith on the run from G- Gene Hackman movie? No, Will Smith and Gene Hackman are on the run from the government. And actually, I think it's John Voight. <laughs> you think it's John Voight? Gene, Gene Hackman, John Voight, they're both... 80 plus year old actors that were better 40 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's another, uh, Oh gosh. I, I gotta forget the, the, it's a Bruckheimer thing. Tony Scott actually. So a very good director, uh, okay. Will Smith and Gene Hackman. And it is John Voight is <laughs> the bad guy. And it's really good for this time. Well, I'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, as okay. we go into our, our favorites. So then we got, we got the mask of Zorro, which is, uh, uh, the update on the Zorro sort of mm-hmm. mythos. This one stars uh, Antonio Banderas. Yes. And I think, I, I believe actually, technically speaking, the original Zorro is played by Anthony Hopkins. Yes. <laughs> sort of passed the torch to Antonio Banderas in this newer era of still a long time ago where they were riding on horses and playing with uh, swords. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's supposed to be like rebooting Zorro. Right. Rebooting Zorro. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, this was sort of one of the first sort of, oh my God, Catherine Zeta-Jones is a thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this was also the year that the Avengers came out, Mike. Yes, I, I listed it just because in case you get fooled and you see somehow in a listing somewhere of the 1998 Avengers, I never saw it. Looks terrible. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's terrible. Yep. Don't watch it. It stars Uma Thurman and you think you want to watch it because it's got Uma Thurman in it. And... Spoiler alert, she is in a very, very tight sort of cat suit the entire movie. It's still not worth it. Yeah. So it's based on a, like a 1960s uh, TV show uh, from Britain. And I've already wasted two months of oxygen on it. Yeah, that, that's all you need to know. Just, it's, yes. just, it's just listed so that you don't 
actually yes. accidentally watched. So, uh, so my best movie of the year, I talked a lot about it. I'm going Ronin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my favorite of the film, favorite movie of the year that year. Uh, it might be the last sort of, you know, De Niro as like a movie star kind of thing where he's not just playing like a like a like an amazing character he certainly acted well since 1998 but this would be like the last um it might have been his only sort of action film now that i think about it yeah this is like a pure action action. movie yeah 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 it's a spy movie it's a yeah he he plays a ronin refers to uh like a samurai that uh no longer has like a a feudal lord to fight for and he's kind of like a a rogue samurai so he's like a rogue cia agent essentially right. in this film yeah. and kind of trying to figuring out his place in the world yep and there is a, there's a bit of a thriller aspect it's it's very watchable mm-hmm. my underrated is going to be that uh the replacement killers movie i can't remember if this was in fact a john woo movie i don't think it is oh. it's very much a john woo movie in style right um but it stars uh chow yun fat um, and Mira Sorvino, right. uh, who was, who was a very popular actress in the late nineties, who's risen back to populist popular popularity with, uh, her takedown of, uh, Harvey Weinstein, hmm. but, uh, uh, good movie. Like, it's like, it's one of those movies where there's, you know, Chayun Fat is hired to kill somebody and, but then he has second thoughts about doing it, but then they try to kill him and it's, it's one of those. Yeah. The, the contract killer with a conscience. Yes. And my terribly bad, terribly good, is uh, Hard Rain. It's it's just a very wet movie. They're, <laughs> like, always wading through, like, like a ton of water. It's mm-hmm. just, it's raining all the time. It's, uh, it's it, it makes you uncomfortable from that standpoint. So it makes the, the plot, which is kind of weak, a little bit better. So when you listed this movie, I think I thought it was Black Rain. Oh no, Black Rain was something different. I can't remember what that one was. I thought it was a Michael Douglas movie. And like- no, 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 no. This is Christian Slater. This was when Christian Slater was trying to be an action film star. Ah. So he's got a couple in here, and we I think we cover one coming up. Right. Um, but uh, like he he had done his Heather's and and pump up the volume thing where he was right. like popular with the you know fourteen year old girls, but then he wanted to be popular with you know thirty year old men. Right. And this was his entry into that. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so my, my picks were, were very different. Uh, the best thing I'm going to say is The Enemy of the State. It's really tense. If, if you've watched any Jerry Bruckheimer movie, you, you know the feel of all the Bruckheimer, yes. Bruckheimer movies. Yes. It's like, an epi- it's like an entire episode of uh, CSI. Yeah, there, there's like this tension. It's even got that. that filter on the, the, the uh, camera. Right. It, the whole premise is that uh, regular guy will smith is hunted by the state and the powers of the state are abused because john boyd is evil and abusing the power so it actually i think now feels a lot more relevant in many ways sure and that, that's where a lot of the tension is the yeah. underrated movies mask of zorro very few people will remember this now but i remember it having really good uh, swordplay, as you might expect the zorro yeah movie. it does a lot of fun and terribly good is blade if anything we need to return to this early Marvel movie with the, uh, yeah, you know, with Wesley Snipes being his Wesley Snipesist. 
always bet on black which doesn't come from this movie but it might might as well happen he just looks really cool <laughs> i'm just gonna yes, say he does he does look like if, if you think about all the characters that have have played comic book characters he looks most like what you would want the comic book to look like on, yeah. on screen this movie i watched so many times and yes it's definitely not a good movie but it's terribly good terribly good yeah. terribly good there are quite a bit of action movies there's lots of Beheadings, where then the vampire disappears. It's 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 good. So we're moving um, into 1999 now. We are going to 1999. We're gonna party like it's 1999. Yeah. So uh, surprisingly, did any of these movies use that song? They didn't. We finally no. get to this. No, we uh, did hear that a lot. We did that year. There's some, some. All of these years, we looked through and kept finding more and more movies. Yes. We this this podcast is going to be two parts. And it could have been 17. Yeah, we could have gone much <laughs> deeper into each year. Yes. Uh, we, we had to cut things out. So the first movie on this list is The, the Matrix. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. That, that's our, both of our best pick. It's obviously it's, a very important movie. It's one of the best action movies of all time. It's one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was important. It was like, yeah, the special effects in that movie are amazing. They still right. hold up. The plot's really cool. It's just... In. it's got you know an amazing like Lawrence Fishburne as like this Yoda character that's amazing yeah it's just a great movie it's for for me the the importance is that it well I'll, I'll get into it when we talk about best but it, the Matrix uh, next up is Entrapment the aforementioned Catherine Zeta-Jones and yes. Sean Connery Sean Connery yeah this would be Sean Connery's I think his official swan song yeah I, I, I swan song him earlier but this is the official swan song yeah this is a heist movie Yes. Um, and I don't remember anything about this movie other than Catherine Zeta-Jones doing the, the laser thing where she's diving underneath lasers yep. trying to steal something. Um, that's the only thing that's good about the. That, it is the only thing that's, <laughs> that's good about the, the movie. And, but it probably makes that movie one of the top, I don't know, 15 movies of all time. <laughs> very, very entertaining in that regard. <laughs> Might not be great for the whole family, but it's entertaining. If uh, <laughs> um, I don't think there's actually anything that suggestive on it. It's just it's not. She's she's very curvy and she's taking advantage of those curves. Sure. Next up is the Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy. Yes. So The Mummy is uh, this is the reboot of the old Mummy kind of movies. Yes. Guy's not wrapped up in bandages. He's not slow. No, he's weirdly ripped and yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to say that, like, oh, that, that mummy's kind of attractive, I guess this is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a fun action adventure romp. Yes. It's, um, it's the closest movie that gets to, like, the, the fun part of, like, the old Indiana Jones films. Yeah. It got that. Yeah. Now it has it's got some weird over the top sort of campiness to it, but it, it it gets that sort of fun sort of swashbuckling early part of the the twentieth century yeah kind of kind of feel. And this is where uh, Rachel Weisz gets her her start. Yes, so. Rachel Weisz, Academy uh, either I know she's been nominated. I'm not sure if she's won. Yeah, I don't remember if she won. But certainly Academy not Academy Award nominee Rachel right. Weisz. Right. Uh, of note is, no, she wasn't in the English person. That was somebody else. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, episode one, Phantom Menace comes out. Yes. Has to be on the list. Uh, kind of hard to watch, but maybe the kids will like it. 
the kids like it. Um, I will say that my 10 year old loves it. Yep. Um, you should probably just kind of, if you, if you watch this with your kids, um, get your iPad out and, yeah. you know, catch up on some news. The first like three fourths of the movie. Yeah. And then as soon as they sort of, everybody kind of goes from Coruscant and they go back to Naboo and they have the big fight scene at the end. There's a good, there's a good lightsaber scene at the end and there's a good sort of space fight scene at the end too. Sure. Uh, yeah. But just, just ignore everything else. Yeah. It's, there's not really a plot. Yes. Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty movie. Yeah. The CGI in it is, is spot on. Uh, next up is a movie called Deep Blue Sea, which is a shark movie. A shark movie. Yes. Uh, I'll talk about it more uh, later because it is one of my picks. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and the last it's got one, one of my yeah. fa- it's got one of my favorite scenes in any movie. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll discuss. I'm gonna. Okay, you're gonna that. discuss that excellent. Yeah, I, I can't help it. Um, it's noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's notable because Samuel L. Jackson is in the movie. <laughs> That'll yes. come up. As and well he as, was like, and he was like the star of the movie. Like oh he, yeah, he was the biggest star of this movie. Every trailer, every commercial had uh, Samuel L. Jackson in it. Absolutely. Last movie. Uh, I'm not. Doesn't make a pick, but uh, a fun action movie is called *The Boondock Saints*. It was this, this is like a indie action movie. It was very low budget. Yes. Kind of fun. Uh, stars. Well, the biggest star is definitely uh, crap. What's his name? Where the guy, guy Pierce? Not Guy Pierce. The uh, he plays the the villain in *Spider-Man* one. He's a uh... Defoe. Yes. Willem Dafoe, okay. Willem Dafoe is this way over-the-top cop uh, just having a good time because he's like, oh, this is a indie movie that no one's going to see. And it turned out it was like this weird sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Willem Dafoe, weirdly, can only play like almost Christ-like heroes or yes. awful villains. If you think about him, like he did play Christ in uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. In Platoon, he basically, he's like a hero soldier and at the end, he's even like crucified as his own people are shooting him. Right. Or he plays absolute awful, horrible villains. Yeah. Like, um, like uh, Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. So anyhow, th- those are the movies from this. this not a lot uh, of range on him. N- not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's awesomely hamming it up in this movie. It's fun. Yeah. If you think indie action movie, that's, that's, that's what that thing is. Yeah. Uh, the best Lots movie. Of gunplay. It's good. Yeah. We mentioned the Matrix. I'm gonna say yeah, that's both of our best movie. It's just perfect. It's it's great. It's probably best known because it it Whoa. brings it brings high <laughs> concept sci-fi into a mainstream audience. Yeah, and at the time, it actually was considered a bit more indie. It was a relatively small budget. Yeah, the Wachowski brothers, relatively small. I mean, the Wachowski brothers. I can't remember what they had done before. They did a movie um, called Bound. Okay. Okay. Um, a heist uh, movie. Small. Heist movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, this was, this was really, this was highbrow sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, like you said, brought to like a mainstream audience and um, just, just amazing effects, great action, sort of combined like elements of, of CGI plus like wire foo plus uh, just shoot them up type films. Totally. Uh my underrated movie is the, uh, oh, which one did I put? I put the wrong one here. <laughs> so I'm going to say for, for underrated movies, I'm going to go with uh, The Mummy. So, okay. That was my underrated too. Yeah. I think it's actually holds up still 
pretty fun, mm -hmm. campy. Yeah, yeah. People don't really it, remember it, it like it. Like it, like I said, it sort of it gets that that feeling of early like the fun part of Indiana Jones, right? You know, like the da, 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 da. you know, it's just it's just a fun movie. You could watch that one with your kids. Totally. That totally. that one, yeah, that one would hold up now as a fun like action movie. Yeah. yeah. And much better than the Tom Cruise try to reboot of the Mummy. Don't watch that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, and I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, and what's your terribly good movie? It's Deep Blue Sea. And now okay, we, we need to, to talk about we need to talk about Samuel Jackson's this, the most important. Film. I'm going to spoil this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's this, okay. It's not. It's it's yeah. It's terrible. You might good. only ever watch the first 45 minutes of this movie. It's yeah. not. Yeah. So so Samuel L. Jackson gets the most billing the most famous star in this movie. LL Cool J is also in the movie, but... Samuel okay. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I didn't even know that. What everyone remembers from this movie is Samuel Jackson, maybe at the one-third mark of, of the movie, gives this epic speech. The whole before, before, before you go. Yes. Before you go, these are genetically enhanced sharks, right? Yeah, these are smart sharks. These are sharks. like super sharks. Yes. These are smart sharks. These aren't just... It's, this is not just Jaws. They're on like this undersea sea lab, right? Right. Right. And these are like sharks that have like solved for pie. Yes. It's everything you want in an action movie plot. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Smart sharks. Stupid. Yeah. It's, 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 it's silly. Well, and guess what happens now that I've given you the setup is the sharks get free. Yes, they do. And they run them off. Yes, they do. It's, 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 it was, it was a tragedy. <laughs> so they're on this underwater facility. Samuel L. Jackson's giving this huge speech and he's trying to rally them together. And what happens? Boom. Shark comes out of nowhere and eats. Yeah. And he was standing on solid ground yes. next to some water, but like the, the shark clears about 12 feet in the air because it come, doesn't it go up and then down and gets yeah. him or did it just grab him? Cause it, I think it's like, it swallowed his head or something. It swallows the top half of his body, leaving the legs behind. Right. Right, so it, it did a full like jump out of the water, comes down, chomps him, and then jumps back into the water. In fact, maybe you don't even need to watch the whole movie. You could probably just watch the scene on YouTube, and you've got enough. Yeah, it's uh, that's why it's terribly good. Oh, it's um, yeah, and uh, it would be like you know we mentioned uh, you know Independence Day. If like when Bill Paxton is giving his like Independence Day speech at the end. If like an alien had just come up behind him and disemboweled him, <laughs> yes, like in front of everybody, it would be like, "What just happened?" <laughs> so yes, excellent choice. Uh, so my best and underrated were the were the same as yours. My terribly good, I'm going with Entrapment. It is it is terribly good. <laughs> terribly good. Um, Catherine Jada Jones is like 25. I'm pretty sure that she was the love interest for Sean Connery, who was approximately 97 at the at the, the filming of that film. So. That that makes it terribly good. Like as you're watching, it's it, you're terribly like, this, good. This can't possibly like, this work. Would never happen. And then and then of course she goes ahead and marries Michael Douglas, which is pretty much the same thing as she was doing in Entrapment. <laughs> that makes but it all the more won't, entertaining. <laughs> we won't we won't talk about that. Okay, so where are we at now? We're at 2000. We're only going to do two more years. We're gonna we're gonna stop after that, yep. and we'll. Uh, I'll split this into two. So uh, 2000. So uh, the films that year, Gone in 60 Seconds, again, our obsession with Nick, Ch Nick Cage continues. Mm -hmm. This also includes um, 
a weird sort of uh, uh, Angelina Jolie performance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a car thieving movie and car stealing movie, and they have to steal a bunch of cars all at once, like within yep. a certain amount of time at the end, and different kinds of cars. It's unclear why they have to do this. Probably to pay mobsters or something. Like that. Yeah, it's this ridiculous setup. Yes, ridiculous setup, but it's a it's an amazing cage performance. I will say <laughs> that's true. Um, the Patriot. This uh, this might have been the the end of the really dumb uh, Mel Gibson action movies. This was Mel Gibson as a colonial uh, revolutionary, mm -hmm. um, uh, where I, I don't think he was based on a real character, but he has like uh, the powers of Martin Riggs from from Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Um, and and my favorite line in this film is he walks up to the female lead and he's about to sit down next to her and he says, can I sit down? And she says, it's a free country. Well, it soon will be. <laughs> um, uh. So then, uh, then uh, we're going to Crouching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a Kung Fu or I can't remember what martial art it was in fact actually in this film. Yeah. Um, that would be but an amazing. Yeah. It's kung fu. It's an amazingly yeah. beautiful movie. Uh, Chow Yun Fat, Michelle Yeoh. I can't remember the the young woman lead. Isn't it Zhang Ziyi? That's like that's her, that's her start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I can't remember. Was this Ang Lee? This is Ang Lee. This is Ang Lee. This is Ang Lee's yeah. first sort of uh, movie that made it into the West. Yeah. Huge. Um, an amazingly beautiful movie. Uh, the fact that it did it well as it did from a box office standpoint when it's completely either dubbed or subtitled is, is incredible. Yeah. Thankfully, it's an action movie, so there's not a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful. Um, Mission Impossible 2, this is a John Woo movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it might be the John Woo movie that ended John Woo. It's the, uh, <laughs> it might be the proto John Woo movie. Yes. So I will say, so two things about this movie is so Tom Cruise's hair in this movie is absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like feathered back and it's got like blonde highlights in it. It's like the best that Tom Cruise has probably ever looked. Uh, and this movie has lots of flips, um, backflips and doves and, um, there's some plot that he's got to defeat and there's a motorcycle chase. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're going gladiator. This is mm -hmm. Russell Crowe's. I don't know if this is Russell Crowe's first film. It probably wasn't, but it might, it was his first sort of four way into action movie. This is Ridley Scott. Um, this won the Oscar. Didn't it? Yeah. Had to be on the list cause it's an action movie and it won the Oscar. It won the Oscar. Yeah. I, I, I would, I will actually put this in my, under like if I, if I had an overrated category i would put gladiator there yeah i think it's it's, it's fine but it kind of jumps the shark at the end when he <laughs> fights the emperor of rome in the middle of the coliseum it is a little ridiculous yeah but it, again, which, which 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 would normally fit well into our category but it was trying to be a different kind of movie <laughs> wasn't know. it it was trying to be spartacus and it ended up being a little bit more like face off yeah still but, Kind of fun. Yes. Uh, we got the first X-Men. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this was the, the origination of the, you know, Hugh Jackman. Uh, and he was Jackman. Yeah. Uh, Pitch Black, which oh, yeah. uh, I believe will be the beginning of Vin Diesel, right? That's, that's right. That's exactly. Uh, it's his, this is his big break. 
I'll, I'll mm -hmm. talk about it more when we get into our picks. Sure. Um, and then Shanghai Noon, this was Jackie Chan and one of the Wilson brothers. I can't remember which one. Owen Wilson. The Western. Yes. And there's like, it's a train Western, right? There's like a fight on the train and stuff I like that. I believe so. I mean, it's... It, you can't have a... Wait, first of all, you can't have like a modern day Western that's got like a little bit of a comedic element and not have a train scene oh, where totally. you're on top of the train. Yeah, this, this, this is a pretty fun movie. It doesn't make yeah. uh, any of our, our picks, but it, it is a martial arts movie in the West. So yes, kind of all and, you need to know. <laughs> um, I will say one of, my, one of my seminal moments in my lifetime, I was um, at, a, uh, at, a, at a fair in Boulder when I was going to graduate school. One of these uh, street fairs where you've got the, pe the, the representatives from the local um, uh, uh, parks came out. And he was, he, it was one of the guys from the parks and he's got like, you know, he's got like the beaver pelt and he's got like the, the skull of the, you know, coyote and stuff like that. And he had a big giant bear fur with the claws still attached to it. And I asked him and we had about a 20 minute conversation. Who would win in a fight? A, bra a black bear or Jackie Chan? Mm. I don't remember what the conclusion was. Okay. <laughs> so it could have gone either way. So it could have gone either way, but this was at the height of Jackie Chan's sort of powers. Right. Like, would he be able to beat up a 350-pound bear? Hmm. And I think there was a legitimate sort of question. Sure. Like, and, and I think it revolved around, like, what kind of weaponry is Jackie Chan going to have? Does he have an actual martial arts weapon like nunchucks or a sword or something like that? If he does, he probably wins. Yeah. If he's got to do his normal Jackie Chan weaponry where he just picks up a vase from the, you know, right. from a table or, you know, a salad fork, he's probably not going to win. I yeah. think that's where we landed on that. That and since this movie doesn't get into the other listings, that that's another fun thing with this is it We've already, if you've watched any of the other Jackie Chan movies, you'll realize like that's a big part, like finding random things as weapons. This one's going to take all the Western kind of items as, as weapons. Right. That's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And uh, Jackie Chan's awesome. Yeah. Um, so my best, and I think your best too, is going to be Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yep. This is a movie this that should have should have won the Oscar. It should have won the Oscar. It's the best movie that year. It yeah. happens to be foreign language as well, uh, which probably hurt it. Which is what it won, I think. Yeah, it, it did win that. It's, it's a really, it's not just a good action movie, it's a good movie. Yes. I mean, there's, a, there's an amazingly beautiful scene where they're, they're, they're fighting on the tops of a bamboo forest. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous. Michelle Yeoh is amazing in, in her uh, martial arts that she's doing in this film. I mean, it's just, just, awesome yeah and it, there's like actual plot and characters and there's a it's taking a the whole point of making it was that Ang Lee wanted to take what they call the wushu movies like his kung fu movies and like elevate it to like high drama yeah and it's Ang Lee. he's really good yeah <laughs> Spo Ang Lee, Ang, Ang, Lee, Ang Lee probably one of I don't know five best uh directors of the last 25 years right so this, know, this is him at the height of his This is him showing off. Yes, this is him just amazing. Um, so my underrated is Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. Uh, I, do have the, I do have the soft spot for Nick Cage. Uh, it's got an incredibly hot uh, Angelina Jolie in the film. Um, this is one of those Nick Cage's performances where no 
two lines of dialogue put together sort of fit with him. Right. Somehow it works. Okay. Uh, it doesn't, it's, it's almost like he's reading the script as a different character every sentence, if that makes sense. In a Nick Cage um, way, it does. There's some car chases. There's some cool sort of, uh, if you like cars, this is a movie you should watch. Right. Uh, and then My Terribly Good is going to be Mission Impossible 2. Yes. Uh, so many flips. So many, so many Michael motorcycle chases. There's a really good sort of uh, rip your face off scene uh, where the villain actually this time rips Tom Cruise's face off. Right. Spoiler alert. And then I think uh, does something bad. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you're forgetting the, the scene where the, not just motorcycle chases, but like motorcycle fight. <laughs> where they yes, this is a motorcycle fight. It's not as good. Well, so so the most recent uh, Mission Impossible has a helicopter fight. Right, which so is it's not as good as that. Not as good as that. But this this is a, this is this is this is a, certainly like a top three motorcycle fight scene. Right. Of all time. That that's just tremendous. Leaping off of the motorcycles while shooting at each other. If you've ever wanted yes. to see that. Yes. In slow motion. That's the thing about Wu. You can't do it full speed. No. no. You've got to slow it down so you can actually see like the. Like in the gunshot, you can see like the, the, the shell casing fly out of the top of the gun and flip around six times in the air before it, you know, yeah. And every, then it'll speed up again. Every frame of painting. He, he wants to do yes. that so you can see the, the beautiful Everything composition. That happens. It's yes. great. Yes. Yeah. It's also silly, but it's, but yeah. It's wonderfully silly. Uh, wonderfully silly. Terribly so good. I had the same best pick. Uh, my underrated pick was Pitch Black. This is definitely was a low budget movie. Uh, it's known for the, so they have a planet where the, the light keeps out the aliens. And so the, what's nice about that is most of the movie is, as you might think, pitch black. So you don't have to see the aliens very much. <laughs> and that allows right. you to have a indie sci-fi movie. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's like a lot of Halloween. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's well done. Uh, it's mm -hmm. this, dealing with limited resources. And it's not just fun for that regard, but uh, uh, Vin Diesel's a lot of fun in it. The reason he's interesting in the movie, he plays a prisoner who's had his eyes uh, enhanced so he can see in the dark, which makes him very right. valuable in this scenario where it's, you know, as I believe they look like, like little diamonds or something in his yeah, eyes. Something crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I picked as my terribly good one, the Gone in 60 Seconds. It is, I think we'll all admit, pretty terrible, but good. Oh, yeah, but you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the remarkable thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should watch it. It's, uh, it's clearly a, a completely disinterested, but, you know, very interesting Angelina Jolie. She was just like, Is, you're going to pay me for this? Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. So now so, we go um, all the way to 2001. 2001, and I think this is probably the last one for this week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of sequels here. We yes, start, we do. We have Rush Hour 2, uh -huh. uh, which has Chris Tucker uh, and uh, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan. It again, and uh, Zhang Ziyi is in this, coming off of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from the previous year. Right. I remember that. Yep. We'll talk about that a little more. Now we have The Mummy Returns, uh, the sequel to The Mummy movie. Again, yes. Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser. This plot... Uh, I'll talk about it now because we didn't make it as one of our picks. This plot is absolutely ridiculous. The first one was already ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 
so it's supposed to the first one it's like these random explorers and they, they found the, the mummy mummy yeah sure so this one somehow they retcon things and rachel vice becomes a descendant of an egyptian queen <laughs> or yes yes problematic from a if, if you were to start to think about like 2020 values sure yeah that that's weird and also like we just did this whole other movie and like <laughs> this is yeah. coming out of nowhere it didn't come up then yeah it's like, now, now now the now it's like all of a sudden the mummy kind of wants to get with her yeah yeah like he already saw her uh, yeah the important thing culturally for the mummy returns this is the start of the rock i know well, the start of The Rock was on, was a WWE, but yeah. Right, the movie start. Right. He plays... This was uh, the Scorpion King. He is the Scorpion King. <laughs> and he, he shows up at the end of the movie in some terrible CGI. Yes, yes. Not all CGI is created equal. This, this CGI is created really poorly. It's yeah. so bad that uh, you can see the polygons flying. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see triangles coming out <laughs> of the screen. Right which you know you would never see now on like any video games anything stuff. you wouldn't even see that on like network television no cgi that that's how like, bad it was big bang this, big bang theory can handle the cgi a little bit better than this yeah your 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 phone renders things much better <laughs> than this. so that's that's just terrible <laughs> but anyhow, yeah tomb raider comes out this is the angelina jolie tomb raider not yes. the modern one yes so this is uh this was one of the first successful uh, movie franchises that was based on a video game. Right. And uh, it, it helps that and technically Raider, there was a Super Mario movie yeah, that came out. That, that was not successful. That one. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, Tomb Raider is basically Indiana, female Indiana Jones. Female Indiana Jones. And that's kind of the story. So. Yep. Uh, it's Angelina Jolie with a British accent for some reason. Um, I guess the, the original Lara Croft was British, so yeah. I guess that's where that came from. She has to be the video um, game character. So. Yes, but there's lots of fighting. There's lots of, uh, there's some, I don't remember the plot of this film that well. I don't think there's a plot at all. Yeah, she's got a, she's trying to find something in, in between, like, you know. I think they were trying to create her as a kind of, almost like a female Bond. Right. Bit, as much as Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's that's where it gets mixed and a little crazy and they probably should yeah. have simplified things yeah uh notably the fast and the furious comes out this year it does again i've not seen this film <laughs> so i've seen it and uh you would never know that this would go on for seven more sequels and, and 20 count- years and, and counting if you saw this movie it's mm-hmm. just like uh, it could almost be the sequel to gone in 60 seconds where the, the whole point of seeing the movie is to see all these cool cars mm-hmm it is 100% a ripoff of the plot of uh, Point Break. And people knew it at the time. It is definitely sure. the plot of Point Break. Yeah. Point Break, had it fell, fallen into this uh, era, would have been on our, uh, on our list. Oh, totally. So yeah. I, I remember I saw the movie and like, people and liked the it. The FBI. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so... I don't think the original Fast and the Furious is very good. It, like, it doesn't even quite hit that campy level. That uh, so it's more notable now just for we're gonna if if people actually listen to this, we're gonna get so much hate. On that. I know some people love Fast and the Furious, and I, and they're gonna get so mad at me for not watching it as 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 an action film fan. And yeah. I'm really sorry. I just I can't get into it. <laughs> it's all right. Some people don't like Star Wars. I like them a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, for some, you have to realize for some people, the Fast and the Furious is their Star Wars, and that's yes, that's okay. and, and I and I respect it. Yes. Uh, next up is Lord of the Rings. Yes, the Fellowship that, of the Ring. That little movie. Uh, that little actually, that little tiny movie. Yeah, little little. It's an indie film. It was just made out of like what New Zealand or something. Yeah, it is New I Line. Mean, if you, if, it is New Line, and it's also Peter Jackson who had done basically like independent sort of yeah weird creepy films up to that point there's there's this weird thing that you could do going to the history of lord of the rings that it's amazing that it ever got greenlit yeah for, and and made uh and turned out really good speaking of nick cage he was nearly he was nearly aragorn <laughs> we nearly had nick cage as aragorn we nearly had sean connery as gandalf oh man well there's there's uh, many things that could have happened there christopher christopher lee originally wanted who who plays uh, saruman in the film yeah. He originally wanted to be Gandalf. Uh, of all the staff, of all the cast, like Christopher Lee was the guy that was the actual like Tolkien head. He knew all the Tolkien stuff. He had read the books multiple times, so he knew everything. And he wanted to be Gandalf, but they're like, "No, you're a bad guy. You're Saruman." Uh, yeah, you seem like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lee, who's never been a hero in anything, he was Dracula. He was uh, Count Dooku in the Spider Man, I mean, Star Wars films. He was. He's always been a bad guy. Yeah, I'm sorry, Christopher Lee. That's that's what yeah. you are. Just roll with it. Yeah, you're a bad guy. Uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So the aforementioned Michael Bay. Oh yeah. And yeah. This is Michael Bay. Ben Affleck. This is also Ben Affleck. Is it Liv Tyler in this one? It's Who's it's uh it's this is the start of uh one from Kate Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Oh wow. We're gonna get to her in part two. Yeah. Uh, this, She's in this, so many movies in part two. So this was supposed to be her big pod. break. Like, uh, there's a thing. And it was. It, it was a big movie. Yeah, um, Pearl Harbor was a huge movie. We'll, we'll have to talk about it once we get to the, <laughs> the section. Uh, there's another Ridley Scott movie here, Black Hawk Down. Yes. And uh, again, I, I will talk about that too. That, that came off of a very popular book uh, depicting a real life, which is basically an account of a real life event. So it's not quite the fun popcorn movie. Right. Regard because this is just depicting what happened. But I think it is actually interesting to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, b- our best, both of us, it's Lord of the Rings. Easy. The Ring. Easy yeah. call. Easy. Right. Uh, it's, I think it's the best of the trilogy. Um, yeah. It was my favorite of the trilogy. Stands I know that, the, I know that the, 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 the third one uh, won the Oscar, but this one was just better. Um, the action is great. Uh, they, they, you know, running f- with with the because I think this one has like the hobbits on their own, sort of running from the the, the bad things. So it's like it's it's not as like every turn there's going to be some big guy that helps you and saves you. you right, know? it wasn't like that. You you got Sean Bean in it and he dies. So yeah, always, <laughs> classic. So it's always yeah, and the fight scene with with the actual Aragorn played by um, Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fight scene with the big orc that was awesome. Yeah. I remember like you know when he when he kills that guy at the end of that that scene, I was like, "Woo!" in the theater. So yeah, very few movies get me to actually cheer for them in the movie. You feel like your dwarves and elves and all that stuff. That's that's yeah. that's this movie. Yeah. So um, you're underrated. My you know I, is- I I had originally picked a different underrated, and then when you picked your underrated, I'm like, you know what? That's the better pick. Okay. So go ahead. What what's yeah. your underrated? My underrated movie is Black Hawk Down. Uh huh. So it's not a fun movie, and a lot of people will no. criticize it. Saying and it's that based it's- on a real 
uh, situation. Right, which is important. So there's not like plot in this. This is just depicting what happened. Yeah. And the way it's shot is to make you feel like you're in the moment with what yeah. these soldiers went through when the their aforementioned Black Hawk goes down and they're yeah. in Somalia. We have lots of aforementions, but this is also Ridley Scott, correct? This is Ridley Scott. And yeah. there's a lot of like actors that cross over. There's Eric Banas and there's just it's every every single is Australian it, is actor. Chris, is Chris Pratt in this film? Is this the one that he's in? No, no, that's a Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is before the Chris Pratt era. <laughs> Okay, before the Chris Potter. Yeah, this is also, yeah, it's 2001. It's yeah, this is a long time ago. Yeah, he's like 14. Okay, yeah. never mind. So uh, <laughs> it's really intense, but it, in terms of movie making, it's really good to see something that will make you experience what it was like, where it's just, you feel like, people always bring it up, compare it to uh, Saving Private Ryan, the beginning scene where the beach landing scene where the action makes you feel like you are those soldiers walking. Yeah. Yeah. But this, like the whole film is that way. The whole movie's like that. Yeah. No, it's an intense film. I don't think I've seen it twice. Right. I I might have only seen it that one time because it's maybe not a movie you want to see more than once. Um, But uh, you definitely want to see it once. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm going to go terribly good. I'm going to move my underrated down. Okay. Oh, okay. And so sure. I'm going to go Pearl Harbor. It's, it's terribly good. It's terribly good. Um, it's basically, I mean, let's face it. It is basically Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's Titanic uh, just on, on the Hawaiian Islands, yeah. the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, and then the last however long it takes for them to have all the planes attack all the different ships and stuff like that right. is basically the... Uh, the, the ship sinking yeah. and, and, and them just yelling back and forth, Jack, Rose, Jack, <laughs> for the whole Rose. Thing. You got your, so this is, ba- and then, yeah, this is ba- there's more planes in this one, I guess. This, this is pure Bayham. This is Michael yes. Bay blowing things up. Yes. Yes. So that's my terribly good. What's your terribly good? My terribly good is Rush Hour 2. Okay. Tell me why. So Rush Hour 1 had the nice, uh, like fish out of water with Jackie Chan because he's, you know, coming to America and then this is like an odd thing where they're, they're friends. Rush Hour 2 it just sort of kind of rehashes things but it doesn't make sense anymore because <laughs> they've already asleep. Now they're friends already and there, yeah. there's some fun action. There's really there's obviously because you have Zhang Ziyi in it too. There's some good fight scenes. It's stupid. It's this one, like yeah. as stupid as the first one was. This one's really stupid. Oh yeah. And it's 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 totally a ripoff of like the lethal weapon films from a decade earlier. Yeah. You know, the, the unlikely biracial cop buddy film. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it's all right. Terribly. And good. Jackie Chan jumps around and does stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's what you wanted to see, right? Yeah. You didn't go to see, you know, Citizen King. No. And Chris you Tucker, came to watch an action movie. Exactly. That's what we should call this. You came to watch an action movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's it. That's our part one. That's part one. So part two, uh, we'll tease. Um, we've got we've got some we've got some Matt Damon. Mm. Yes. We've got some. Uh, let's see. We've got some Kate Beckinsale. We've got some. We've got some Tarantino that enter into the uh, and enter into the uh, uh, the oeuvre. Yeah. And uh, then Brad, uh, Brad Pitt makes an appearance. Brad Pitt makes an appearance. We got some more Angelina Jolie. Um, and 
we've got some bond yep. that comes into this uh, stuff. So, oh, and don't forget, uh, Nick Cage still appears. <laughs> no, Nick Cage. We cannot get rid of Nick Cage. He's back in here. Um, I don't know that Nick Cage is going to get as much pub as he got during this this episode. But uh, you know, we just talked for like an hour and a half about about four years of or six years of movies. So um, we'll do it again next week. Yeah. Uh, do we have a dad bod of the week? Oh my gosh, we'll have to go through here really quick. It, it, um, I, I've thought of one as we went through. Okay, this. what's your what's your dad bod of the week? I'm gonna have to go with Bruce Willis. Okay. Because in the movies we've talked about, we've, he's already... He's bald. Yeah, he's already I think bald. He, he, he had started balding before. He kind of started balding at the start of his career. He's, he, was, he was balding and moonlighting. Yeah. In uh, Armageddon, now he's gone from where he would have played the Ben Affleck role in the past. And now he's playing the dad. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to spoil Armageddon. He sacrifices himself so that uh, <laughs> Ben Affleck can live and be with uh, who's his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creepy, creepy Ben Affleck to be with. <laughs> Fair enough. With Fair that. enough. I think that's a good choice. I think the runner-up might be uh, runner-up, maybe Tommy Lee Jones in uh, Men in Black. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's a little bit dad-like. He's kind of mean though. He's like yeah. your like your friend's dad that never wants like your friends his friends over or anything like that. And if it's yeah. like, oh, if my dad's gonna be there, you gotta go home. Yeah, that's that's it. You're not that kind of dad. Can't come over. Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis' dad. He's the kind of dad that, 16 years old, maybe he's letting you, you know, take a sip off his beer. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Dad, by the way, Bruce Willis. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Shane. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Give us stars. I don't know what they mean, but you know, we don't have advertisers, and we probably never will. But uh, tell your friends, share it with people that like movies with lots of things blowing up. <laughs> yes. And doves and explosions. And doves. And doves. Lots of backflips. Gosh. Slow motion backflips. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>